What's really good, my people? Welcome into No Catch Up Chicago for Chicago by Chicago. I am your host, Sean Little. NBA Finals Edition. That's the focus. It's June. I got T in the building, the Vault King. We're about to go through the finals. We're not touching game one and game two. That's over. Are the Warriors going to run away with this in the sweep? Can the Cavs bounce back, get back in this at home? No catch up Chicago for Chicago by Chicago. Listen up. T, what's really good? How you doing, man? It's been a minute. I know it's been a minute, man. We had a... uh... We had a little uh, sabbatical. You could call it that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Talk about the trip, man. How was it? Dude, Columbia was dope. This is the first time I've been on the mic since Columbia. It was fire. I mean, it's like it was like I went to Cartagena. It's on the coast of Colombia. It's like the Caribbean, basically. It was dope. I mean, it was like a little little like port town. A lot of colorful buildings. A lot of colorful people. The Latin people are just a lot. They're just lively folks. So that's uh, that's how it was out there, bro. We got on a boat on Saturday. We did a lot of dope shit, man. It was fun. Thank you for asking. Caught a bunch of sun. I got a little injured, bro. I blew my eardrum out. Damn. Yeah, like official. Went to the doctor. Where were you at? Dude, I fell off the boat. And I ba- I basically banged my head on the water. And I blew my eardrum out like the shit shattered. <laughs> so, like, that was it. Like, if, if I try to, like, pop my ears, you can hear, like, air shooting out my eardrum. So I've been getting, like, a little a little vertigo, a little off tilt a little bit when I walk around sometimes. But it's getting better, no doubt. So Damn, man. Sorry to hear that. I didn't know that, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just reckless shit. I, I was trying to jump off the boat and do, like, a cannonball type shit. And I slipped and fell. It was on my IG story. I'm going to send you the boomerang. All right, for sure. I caught the boomerang crazy. Like, it shows me falling off the boat and then hitting the water. So that shit was pretty good. But, yeah, I uh, got to do that, man. I got to do Columbia. One of my good friends was was saying that's, like, the best spot in South America to hit. Um, cheap, too. I heard it's a good uh, – I heard it's priced well. Yo, so listen to this, good. bro. So I – we took, like, six or, like – I think it was, like, 700 bucks total. In USD, I got it flipped to Colombian pesos. The exchange, the exchange is so wild. Like a seven hundred USD was like one point eight million <laughs> Colombian pesos. So we were down there, bro. I never knew how much anything cost. People would say like, you'd go to dinner, it'd be like three hundred thousand pesos, <laughs> and like the money is wild. Like you know when you go overseas and people are like yo this feels like monopoly money that's exactly what it felt like like we were fanning our money out like pick which one you need to pay for this <laughs> shit because like i can't do this math you know what i'm saying but yeah it was fun bro get out there get a good group of folks and yeah it's cheap when you get there all we were doing was eating fruit off the street we were getting some fresh fish that's what's up yeah man. it was fun bro it was fun it was real fun um but it's back to business. Let's do it. I was excited to get back to the crib, actually, from the trip. Right in time. Right in time. I actually caught game seven of the Celtics-Cavs in Cartagena. So that was cool. So I watched that in Columbia. Uh, LeBron obviously pulled that out. And like we talked about before, if you caught the last show with Pops and Nick, I called it right exactly how it was going to go down. 
the young dudes were going to shrivel up down the stretch, just like Rozier and those guys did. LeBron did his thing, took care of business. Yeah, it's pretty much a six-game series against Braun now. It feels like when his back's against the wall, you know, you look at what he's done in the past, what he's done to the to the Celtics in the past even, just them alone. Uh, I feel like everybody kind of knew. You don't want to get to seven. Knew, yeah, it was over. But we knew who they were going to play. We, I, I'm not going to flex. I picked Warriors, Raptors. When it was on wax. Me too, man. I'm not going to We, we fucked up. We, <laughs> we fucked, fucked up. That up. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. So I'm not going to say we always knew what it was going to be, but this wasn't to go unexpected. No, but cast. that wasn't even bold. That's the thing. Like, that wasn't a bold pick. The Raptors were, were the number one seed and, like, pretty good odds to go to the finals. Smashed them. Yeah, that was disgusting. <laughs> Embarrassing. I don't want to go back in time, but no, I don't even don't think do I don't even think they got enough <laughs> slander for that. Yeah, like they shouldn't have been able to show their face in Toronto for till 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 October, bro. Yeah, that damn near blew the team up. I yeah, mean, it did pretty much. I mean, <laughs> the coach is gone. Like that shit was embarrassing. Yeah, shout out Dwayne Casey. Um, but let's get into it. We know what happened in Game One. Unbelievable. I've never seen anything like that before between the refs. JR running it out, George Hill missing the free throw, LeBron scoring 51, 8 and 8 on 32 shots. I mean, I've never seen a game like that before ever. Yeah. That like, shit was amazing. Even if you take all, all that crazy shit that happened, that was that was probably LeBron's best performance ever, and that was one of the best finals performances ever as far as just an overall game. I'm not talking, you know, game-winning shot or anything, but just dominating a finals game. That was that was one of the best I've ever seen. It was incredible. When he hit that 28-footer, when he pulled up, I was like, yo, this dude is unconscious, bro. And he shot 60% for the game. And there was a couple really bad shots he took in the span just because he was so hot that he was just trying to get up shots. He easily could have shot like 68%, almost 70% in that game. And he was shooting a ton of jumpers. It was a ridiculous performance. Yeah, and – Especially with how it came down the line. Like, I know I just said remove that stuff, but now bring it back in. And it's like you got George Hill missing a free throw. Then it goes, you know, all that stemmed from, you know, the score being what it is because of that block that's called that was initially a charge. Um, You know, you go into overtime. The Cavs, they just go completely cold after JR fumbled to get it there. And it's just, it was crazy. They never had a shot in overtime. We already knew that. Oh, yeah. Once it went to overtime, we knew it was done. That shit was a wrap. Um, it was an. It was. I've never seen anything like that. I was distraught after the game. I and distraught because not because I'm rooting for the Cavs so much. It's because I hate the Warriors that much. <laughs> like I really felt like the Bulls lost. Like I tweeted after that. I was like, I felt like the Bulls just lost that game. I was. We were out watching the game, and people were about to go out after. I was like, I'm going home, bro. That's crazy, dude. Come on. I was, kn- I'm dead ass serious. I was distraught. I was upset, bro. You know I, that changes the whole shit. That did, and I, and I wish, and honestly, LeBron deserved that game. You know, he he really deserved that game. Like it didn't even feel right. You know, and you know I fuck with the Warriors, but that wasn't even Warriors basketball. Like that was, you know, we like the Warriors sometimes because they execute basketball at a level we've never seen before. But that was sloppy as hell. Like Steph, Steph had an okay game. Katie had an okay game. N- not really, you know, and they. 
they won it in a fashion that you know made it hard to uh, to be happy with. And that's a perfect segue into game two because game two they looked like the Golden State Warriors that we know. Oh yeah, Curry's back on his bullshit. Shout out to Juice, who was tweeting the uh, Curry yeah. gifts earlier. Curry gifts only. All that. Yeah, Curry <laughs> gifts only is what he said. But, yeah, they were back up to what we know about him in game two. The game never felt out of reach, but it never felt like the Cavs can win it either. You feel me? Yeah, honestly. It was like like it, people keep saying, oh, <laughs> the, the game was never out of reach. They were right there. But I, they was, I never felt like they had a chance to win it. No, nah, seven seemed like 17, you know. Um, even in the third fourth they pulled in a little but it wasn't enough so Mike uh Mike Breen it's a five-point game but I was like doesn't really I mean okay and here comes David West like all types of shit like it never felt like a blowout but it never felt like they had a chance to win so like that that's how I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that but let's talk about game three I almost didn't want to talk that much about game one and game two, but there's still so many talking points from game one that I wanted to touch on. I have a I have a take on game two that we'll get into as well. But what do you think the Cavs need to do going back home tonight, game three in Cleveland? What what are the factors for you that can that can get this shit rolling? Man, you need LeBron to be on that redemption shit, you know, like like he has to play like his back's against the wall. If he loses this game, it's over, which it is technically. You know, it's not a game seven, but you don't you can't go down 3-0. You definitely can't go down 3-0 against the Warriors. So we, we kind of got to see vengeance, LeBron. Um, you know, JR is not I'm not I'm not calling on guys like JR and Jordan Clarkson anymore. Because I guess they're not they're not playing right now. You know they're they're just playing so bad that it's like you can't even rely on them. You just need you know more from George Hill, uh, a little more from Kevin Love. Uh, you know you need him to bang down there, help Tristan out. You're just gonna need you know your guys to do good, not your role players. You know it's it's three guys right now on the Cavs. It's LeBron, Kevin Love, and George Hill. You got Kyle Korver helping you out. It, let's say four guys, but you know th- those guys they're just not coming together. Couple things on that. So, I hundred percent agree with you on LeBron redemption. Like, let's get it going. He took twenty shots in Game Two, coming off of thirty-two in Game One when he scored fifty-one. He should be shooting that that joint thirty plus times every every time out. I understand he wants to get those guys involved and all that, but you're getting guys involved that aren't doing shit for you. I need him to shoot the ball 35 times tonight, period. Like, that, straight like that. Oh, yeah. It's, you can't go back to that, you know, trusting these guys thing. They've had Some of them have had okay careers, but right now they're just melting. And, I mean, you can get them involved. Don't get me wrong, but I need you to get 30-plus shots. He took 20 shots. George Hill had 12. You should not be getting eight more shots than George Hill. You should be getting 10 to 13 to 14 more shots than George Hill. Period, point blank. Like, that's it. Yeah, we're no. not, we're, we're If we're getting those types of dudes involved, we might be getting them involved too much. You know what I'm saying? Only person that maybe you, you need to get involved at a high level still is Kevin Love. Other than that, you do your thing if you want to win this game. Otherwise, there's no chance. Yeah, it's got to be 30-plus attempts. This is the thing for me as well. 
your JR point, I feel you. But this guy is so different at home. So, like, I have to see him play at home. Like, if this game was in Golden State, you ha- he can't play for me, bro. I'm not, I'm not even putting him on the floor. He plays hard on D, I get that. But he's been awful. I don't know Outside what happened of, to him, man. It, even in game one, he scored a majority of his points in the first quarter. I don't think he scored. He might have had a bucket second through fourth. And then he did the same thing the other night. He scored, he, he scored like five points in the first quarter. Didn't score the rest of the game. But at home, dude, I've seen it with my own eyes so many times. This dude scored 12 points in the first half at home on five of seven from three. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. So that obviously is that was five of five of seven would be fifteen points. I said twelve, but you feel me? Like I've seen him get it going on multiple occasions in the first half at home and have fifteen, sixteen, seventeen point nights. So I have to see him play at home to determine what's going on. I wrote down in my notes, play Jr. for the first half. If he's not doing anything, I don't want to see him. Like, put him on the bench, bro. Hood, whoever, Nance, anybody but, like, he's been that bad. I, th- but, like, in that same breath, I think he plays a lot better at home because I've seen it so many times. But I got to see it in this first half at home in game three. Another big point, I think both of these benches are trash. Like, let's call it what it is. These benches are trash. Outside of Sean Livingston, you can keep that whole Golden State bench. Oh, yeah. Nick, Nick Young, garbage. Uh, Looney, I fuck with him stepping up right now, but Lo- he's not Looney's ready. He's right. not ready yet. Um, but, yeah, Livingston, <laughs> Sean Livingston's the, the GOAT, bro. He's like the best backup. Yo, one I'll, of the best backups ever, any position. Yeah, he's solid. He bro. hasn't missed yet in the, in the finals. He's, he's solid, nine for nine. he nine for nine, right? Yeah. yeah. So, outside of Livingston... Everybody else is garbage. JaVale, he played good because he was dunking the bitch right by the rim. And we're going to talk about that, too. Zach Lowe wrote a ridiculous column today about, like, what basically what Golden State was doing and slipping on screens. And he compared Cleveland to Houston and how Houston kind of figured it out and what they were doing with him. Really good post by Zach Lowe. Check that out. It's on ESPN.com. Um but yeah, bro. Not, nobody. Both of these benches are trash, and the the each bench plays better when they're at home. So, I, I honestly believe that the Cavs win Game Three tonight. I don't. I I honestly am not even that worried about it. I think so too. I I mean, I had the Warriors in five, five maybe five. They could squeak out six, Cleveland. But this, I think, this is a game that the Cavs definitely win. I agree. I think the bench bounces back. JR will come out and do his thing. Every time the Cavs have went home and needed to win, a la Boston, they went home, took care of business, the bench, LeBron got help. I don't see why it'd be any different here. I'm not expecting JaVel and Livingston to give them an extra 20, 20 plus points. 17 to 20 plus, whatever it was on the total in the last game. But I'm not expecting those guys to make an impact like they did. I'm not expecting Steph Curry to hit nine threes in the game either. You know what I'm saying? 
man, he might do that. <laughs> no, I'm just like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, I'm not expecting that. Honestly, bro, in the, if you, if you had to, if you put me in the Cavs locker room, I don't even think game two even happened to them. They've, like, completely scrubbed game two out of their mind. They're focusing on game one, how close they got to winning that game. That's what they're going to – that's the confidence that, you know, they, they're going to pull from that game going into game three. Game two was like a, a – just like a wash. Yeah, but – It the, was like, let us just get to the crib. But on the flip side, that confidence that you gave Curry now, and that's a bad guy to give confidence. I forgot who wrote the article today, uh, which talked about the Perk incident and – there was a similar incident in Houston where you got you poked the bear, you get him yeah, going. Yeah, he went crazy after that Perk shit in game yeah. two. And we got the quote on that. Did you hear the quote on that? No. What Perk had said? I uh, forgot who had talked to the uh, to Kendrick Perkins about the issue with Curry. He said, I don't know why people keep wanting to pick battles this way. Might want to choose that fucking wisely, man, rather than fucking with me. I don't think I'm the problem <laughs> they want. <laughs> I don't think I'm the problem they want, though. Might want to pick another battle. That's Perks. That's that. Kendrick Perkins. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, that's so funny, bro. Because I actually, <laughs> he first off, he doesn't care, but he doesn't like those dudes at all. No, yeah, he's not with that friendship. He's not, and he's just not with their whole shit. Period. He doesn't like them. I read an interesting uh, comment on some article. I don't even remember. It might have even been a tweet that. Kendrick Perk has no business even being on the bench. He should be behind the bench. If he since he's suited up and he's not playing, yeah. he should be behind he's the bench. He's just an energy dude they like, can't say no to. <laughs> e, like like Iguodala, right. But dude, he can do whatever he wants. And if I'm sitting on the bench and a dude shoots a jumper and flies into my space, I don't have to jump out of the way of Steph Curry shooting jumpers. Like what is what was he supposed to do? Or what did they, what did Steph expect him to do? Like jump completely, jump out of the way? He didn't. He didn't zaza him and, and put his put his foot out. He just sat there. Yeah, no, he didn't do anything wrong. So I mean, I, like, I'm not trying to hear that shit. Steph low key be talking big shit on the floor. <laughs> he talks big shit, and people like don't. I don't know. If, I don't know if everybody knows that. Really? I don't think any. Do you hear anybody talking about that shit? No, no, but you think it's like, do you think it's beyond the point of like sportsmanship? Steph be talking big shit. <laughs> you, so you fuck with the shimmy or no? I don't care about stuff like that. Okay. If you if you step back and hit a 30-footer in somebody's face and you want to shimmy, you could do that because you just hit a 30-footer and it's all net in his mouth. Because one of like, my friends really hates him for the shimmying shit, but he likes LeBron, you know, when he does that little yeah, arm yeah, thing like he the, does. Yeah, like the... So I was like, man, he keeps it tasteful usually, you know. He, but you think he's whispering some other shit? What does, he not, what is, what does shit? he not like about the shimmy? <laughs> he just thinks it's childish. But, no. He just doesn't like Steph probably. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, no. I don't care about that. But I honestly think that, like, he has this squeaky, clean. He just, oh, he just runs around and shoots and then. People talk shit to him like, nah, he talks shit, and he's been talking shit for a while. And to give you a little preview was when he when he hit that layup and yelled in the crowd, this is my fucking house. Like, he be talking like that more than you, like, that's just not, he didn't just all of a sudden say that. 
You feel me? Yeah, but that was to the crowd, man. I don't have a problem with that. I'm cool with that, too. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is that I'm cool with all that. Yeah. What I'm saying is that if you think that that was just an outburst and he's not on the floor talking to people like that. Snickering, like saying some other shit? Yeah, saying all types of shit, then you're wrong, I think. Like, people think that... Like yeah, he, no, he I think he talks. Talk and he he just talks. Shoots jumpers like no. Nah. <laughs> and even if you want to go back to when Cleveland won that finals, like when Braun went to the basket and looked at him and, t- and told him something, like that was because Steph was talking shit earlier. I'm sure. I'm, yeah, I'm sure he talks. So I'm excited for Game Three. I think they come out and bounce back. Like I said, they're not even thinking about Game Two. Shit didn't happen. We almost clipped them in game one. Let's bring in their house. Let's bring that same intensity in our building on game three. And uh, we're going to be all right. They're, they'll win it. Uh, I got them winning game three, and they'll probably lose at the crib. Uh, or the Warriors will win at the crib in yeah, game, five. game five. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. And you know how the war the Warriors have, you know, they've been known to let up and kind of not, not go full go and kind of lollygag a little bit. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Cavs got home, came out hot, did their thing, took care of business, and then the doors get blown off in game four. And then game five at Oracle is probably a runaway too. But the game three tonight is the Warriors are minus five, which kind of shocked me. So they're giving Cleveland five at home. Yeah, I think it was, what, 12 and a half last game? It was – that, that's yeah, a pretty it was big jump. And a half last game, yeah. I mean, they're going from Oakland to Cleveland, right? Yeah, still, that's still. I guess that's a feasible line, but I'm I'm taking all five of those points in Cleveland if I'm betting on that game. Oh yeah, for sure. Who is the third best scorer on Cleveland? Because I want to talk about that, and then I want to talk about who we think should be getting more minutes. Who's the third best scorer? On the Cleveland Cavaliers, because I know you mentioned it's a it's a three headed monster with LeBron, Kevin Love, and George Hill. Do you think George Hill's the the third best scorer, or is he the most important? I think he's definitely the third best player as far as you know what he's capable of. Um, as far as score, it's probably a toss up between him and Jeff Green, uh, just because Jeff Green's a little more versatile in what he could do. Um, he's definitely the third most important player, in my opinion. Uh, some people might disagree and say Jeff Green, but you need George Hill to show up and cause, just because he's g- going to affect what everybody does. When if, J- if George Hill's showing up, you know, he's creating shots for Jeff Green. He's, you know, he's getting LeBron more open looks. Um, you know, he's playing better D on Steph, playing better D on, you know, the Warriors in general. And I think that's what you need. Um, so I'd say he's the third best, the third most important, probably the third best scorer too. Right now with Jr. and doing what he's doing, and you know, Corver could light it up, I guess. But yeah, third best player for sure. See, I think I hear you. I feel you. Those are valid points. I think Kyle Corver. Maybe, I, in my opinion, definitely the third best scorer. Is yeah. he the is he the third is he the third most important? I don't know, but I know that I would like to see him get more minutes. 
first off, Jordan Clarkson doesn't need any minutes. Wow, in the NBA man. What, what he's done is ridiculous. If you see his stats since the Raptors series, it's, oh, man, it's, it's, it's out, crazy. It's outlandish. I haven't seen him score. I think he has two field goals in the finals, but I don't remember him scoring a bucket since the Raptors series. He has been one of the worst basketball players I've ever seen in the finals. Like, completely lost on ev- everywhere, on D, on O, shot selection. He's an absolute zero on the floor right now. Like, And I like Jordan Clarkson. I think he can score a little bit, but... He's just he's just a horrible decision maker. Low IQ, like, shots he takes, man. Yeah. I think... Because I, I could berate Jordan Clarkson for 20 minutes. But I think... Corver needs more minutes and can take those minutes from some of them from Jordan Clarkson. I mean, he only played nine, but it's it seemed like twenty five the other night. He only played nine. Yeah, and in, in those nine minutes, we saw way too much of him. There was a possession he took back to back jump shots. It was like, dude, get this guy off the floor as as soon as possible. Um, but I think Corver, obviously, he can fire, and Golden State's always played him pretty well on D. And continue to play him pretty well. But at least he's someone you have to worry about at all times when he's on the floor. You like, do, there's, yeah. There's not that many guys on Cleveland that you can that you can say that about. You can't you have to stay on him or he's gonna hurt you. Right. So at least that opens up more space for LeBron to do things, penetrate, yeah, get things going. I mean, you can't say that about Tristan Thompson or Jeff Green. Like That's you true. can't yeah. say like you could rotate off of Jeff Green. Oh yeah, all to. day. You can't rotate it off of Kyle Korver. Right. And he hustles, man. It's it's kind of underrated. You know, he doesn't have the lateral quickness of uh, you know, a good defender, but he hustles out there, man. You see him going after loose balls and that's what you need in the finals. The keys for me, I need to see LeBron shoot at more than thirty. At least. I wouldn't mind seeing thirty five. Yeah, go 20, out swinging. And twenty shots in the first half. He knows what time it is. I need we I don't I keep saying we. That's how much I hate like <laughs> that's how much I hate the Warriors. Like I'm pulling for the Cavs OD. Like I'm on the edge of my seat rooting for the Cavs. Like it's that's the Bulls. reckless. You got a Cavs jersey on? Nah, there? no Cavs jersey <laughs> at the crib on, but I'm pulling for these Cavs heavy. Um, I lost my train of thought because I was just I, I kept saying we like it was the Bulls, but yeah, now nah, that's how hard I'm rocking with these cats. Um, I need to see Jr. in the first half. If he's not doing anything, get him off the floor. Get Rodney Hood on the floor. Get Nance some more minutes. Get Corver some more minutes. I don't need to see him play 36 minutes anymore and not make an impact whatsoever. Because he's playing 35, 36 yeah. minutes. Every no, day. I can see Lou pulling him, too. And he's not doing anything. So, like, get him off the floor. Shout out Zach Lowe. We were actually, before I read that Zach Lowe article, we were watching the game. We were watching the game, game two, and I was noticing all these slip screens. So, basically, Zach Lowe was talking about Livingston and those guys and JaVel were coming up and even just showing a little bit of a screen. And with the Cavs switching everything, they were cheating the switch. JaVel and Livingston are diving to the basket. Dump, dunk. There was a lot of that game, A lot too. of that, right? 
So I noticed that, but Zach Lowe broke it all down. He talked about how they're switching everything compared to Houston, where they would switch everything unless it was um, Capella was in the mix on Curry. Then they would try to keep him on Curry because Curry would try to get to the basket, but Capella could kind of affect that shot. Yeah. And there, and Zach Lowe talked about once Curry gets to the basket and goes by like Kevin Love, it's like a ninety percent like layup that he's going to finish. So, want to see them trap more instead of switching everything? Try to trap Steph and make him. I mean, like that. In other words, put him in more positions where Steph or where Steph hit that thirty footer, fading away against Kevin Love. Like put him in more positions like that. Push him out. Try to try to get him off balance a little bit, trap him, get the ball out of his hands. He was super free game two. He was he looked more free than he's looked this entire playoffs. And I understand you can't leave Clay. I understand you don't want to. You know what I'm saying? You you can't leave KD. But if you're gonna trap trap Steph up top, leave Draymond, bro. On the if he's on the perimeter, leave him alone, bro. Rotate off of him. Trap with him, help up top, and rotate back. But if you're going to leave someone, leave him, leave Looney's man, leave JaVale. Like, there's too many times where they're they're just switching everything, and it's one-on-one everywhere, and then all of a sudden you look up, and it's Steph and K-Love at the top of the key, and you're like, oh, here we go. It's a cookout. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, trap, rotate, leave, leave Draymond. Let him shoot, bro. Like, it, let him fire. I understand he hit a couple jumpers coming down the stretch the other night, but before that, he's been terrible. That's what, yeah, and, and that's what's crazy right now is that they're leaving KD. Like, KD's getting the ball with George Hill on him down low, too. They're getting lucky that KD's, he's been settling for some reason, settling for jumpers. They're kind of getting lucky because if he takes advantage of that, they're getting that mismatch down low, too. Um and and I feel you. They need to be a little more strict. They were switching everything, and they were trying to abuse KD and George Hill. Anytime it was KD and George Hill, like you just said, they were trying to they were trying to go there. And every time it was Steph and Kevin Love, it was like I was. It was like, oh, here we go. So trap, leave Draymond to shoot. Let Draymond shoot as many jump shots as he wants. In my opinion, I think that's it, man. Try to trap. Give Corver and those guys some minutes. If JR's not doing anything, get him out the game. And Braun needs to score 30. I mean, we we know he needs to score in the 40s at least. And that'll come if he takes 30 shots. Anything else on that before? I got a couple quick fire, rapid fire questions. No, I'm with you on that. It's it's you gotta stop Steph. You know, we've proved they've proved that the offense is running through Steph. Um, and that's the Warriors offense and you know, if you let KD get his, maybe you got a shot. If you let Steph get cooking, you don't have a chance. It's not confirmed yet, so we won't even touch on it. But if Iguodala comes back, that's a major problem as well. Yeah, unless he's hobbling, which yeah. I think he might be. And I think if he does come back, he hasn't played in a couple weeks, at least. So, It'll at least take him a little bit to get his legs back under him. He won't be the Iggy that we know. So we'll see what happens there. couple questions I want to close this out with. What do you think about the series as a whole that isn't getting talked about enough? 
across the board. Warriors, Ty Lue, Steve Kerr, Braun, which I don't know how that could be possible. But what do you think is something that's kind of going under the radar that could be kind of highlighted more? Honestly, I think we got to start talking about Kevin Love, man, and like what's going to happen uh, to to his legacy as a basketball player if he doesn't really show up big time here where he's needed most. You know, he's putting up his numbers for this final series. All right, if you look him up, I think he's doing like 21 and 11 through two games. But he he needs to kind of have some of those games that are like, yo, this is this is the Kevin Love, the 30-30, 30-15 guy. You know, we picked Isn't up. Isn't that guy gone, though? That's uh, He's gone as far as being that crazy post-rebound presence, but – like if he has a, a a finals like this where he's kind of just you know, just floats away and dies, it's like, I agree with it's, you. It, that's the nail in the coffin for I think LeBron staying in Cleveland is if that happens. When's the last time Kevin Love scored thirty points? I don't know the answer to that. I'm just trying to think about it. Do you know? He got close. He had a hot game. Um, was that against the Raptors? Was it thirty Celtics? though? I, I think it might have been, Might've but I'm been? not sure. I don't I don't know. That. Yeah. And like he's so capable of doing that. Especially I understand he's trying on D, but he's getting murdered on D a lot. So I'm gonna need you on the other end to be making that up in a major way. You feel me? Yeah. Cause LeBron needs you out there for O at the very least. So if you're gonna get murdered on D, at least give me twenty six, twenty seven help. Not that he, he and I think he's been playing well. He he's been He's been playing in, in game one and two. He's been playing how we're expecting him to play. I mean, like, right. I don't know what else more you want from him to score 20 and, and get eight, nine, ten rebounds, right? And You know what? And another one that I just want to shoot off, and it might be kind of a hot take, but is Steve Kerr overrated as a coach? Oh, for sure. I think he is overrated. But I think that, like, some of his execution here, and if the game gets close, we might see it again. It's just not – it's not quality. He, he he never seems to have control of the game, control of his team. His team usually has control of the game, but there's you never see any any anything really that stands out. I, it's so tough. I I agree that he's a little overrated. There's no doubt. It's tough when you have that much talent to get credit as a coach. To get credit <laughs> as a coach, and it's 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 tough to tell how much he's really doing. When you go down with a back injury and Luke Walton steps in and doesn't lose a game, what did he go? Or like he what he started the season what? He had like twenty one straight wins. Remember that? Yeah, and 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 then Mike Brown too when he was right. Out. And then Mike Brown steps in and he can't lose either. So I mean, it's tough to give him an OD amount of credit when two people have stepped in and they haven't missed a beat. Right. Right. I mean, he's instilled a great culture. It's very loose. He's done a lot with Curry to kind of set the tone with that organization and how they want to run it. That cannot go understated. But his coaching ability, who knows? Everyone's on his dick, though. Everyone loves him. Everyone gives him props all day long, every day. But and yeah, he's definitely if, a player's coach too. You know, the no, whole team rocks with him, and he, right. he's a cool. He seems like a genuinely cool dude, but. Yeah, and I think that is can be argued, but yeah, it's tough to sell me on he's an unbelievable coach 
when I saw Luke Walton and Mike Brown step in and they lost like four games total. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what else I can say there. Um. Let's talk about this Finals MVP chatter. Where do you stand on the Finals MVP going to someone on the losing team? I fuck with it if they if they could steal it like that. I think Jerry West the only guy has done that. Yeah, but, Jerry West. Yeah. Um. Shit, if if LeBron comes out and and has you know three fifties and wins a couple games, he could take Finals MVP. I don't think it'll matter. Um, I you I you agree I, with the premise though. Oh yeah, I think you you definitely should have a shot at it. But I think if Steph if if LeBron has a couple fifties and Steph continues to play how he played, I mean Steph will take it. You, I don't think you could take it in a sweep. That's what I'm saying. LeBron has to win a couple to actually. You cannot take it in a sweep. It's not that I don't think that that's that's confirmed. You know, if LeBron doesn't take this to six, he can't win it. You know, if he takes it to six, then you're talking. You know, they were talking about that. Um, you know, last year. Yeah, when it was almost. Or I'm a sorry, triple, three years ago. Yeah, when it was almost a triple right. double average <laughs> as well. Yeah. The answer for me is no. And this is why. You can't give, in my opinion, someone the MVP award that lost the series. I can understand he is the best player in the series. He can't get the most valuable award, in my opinion. Right. I I understand the arguments about him 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 being the most valuable player in the series. I don't think you can give him the award because they lost the finals. You can't just to put some soccer in there because I love football. You can't give someone man of the match that lost the match. Like you know what I'm saying? They they give out man of the match trophies every game for big games. You can't give someone man of the match if he lost. No, like, yeah, it like it would take some crazy shit. I'm, I'm like a Steph meltdown, you know, KD not showing up, and the Warriors squeaking out a series win in six. But I'm just saying the premise of it. Regardless. Just in general, no, it just in never. General, if Braun scored 60, 50, 50, 45, and they got swept, I'm, I'm not giving it to him. If they go seven and he averages thirty eight, nine and eleven, I'm not giving it to him. Especially if anyone's anywhere close to having a good series. That's crazy, man. Even you as a Bron, that's crazy because you're a Bron guy, man. I, I just don't think you can give it to a guy that's on the losing squad. No, I definitely feel you. And so people were passionate about that. It's ridiculous. LeBron should definitely be in the conversation. It's like, yeah, he should be in the conversation if they win the series. Like. It's kind of like that unwritten rule where people aren't getting MVPs when your team is garbage. Yeah, exactly. You can't happen. get MVP outside of the you, two seed. You can't get out. You're not getting MVP outside of the two seed, period. And is that always right? I don't know. But I especially think in a seven-game series, you have to win that series to get the most valuable player. I respect that. Switching off the finals real quick, and let's fast forward to next season. I got a question for you. I think we're both in agree in agreement that Golden State's going to win the finals this year in five games. And I want to talk about the Rockets. Should the Rockets? We obviously have the draft coming up, pending free agency. 
Do the Rockets just hit reset, bring all the boys back, sign Paul? He's an unrestricted free agent. Capella's a restricted. Do you sign that whole team, get as many of those guys back, and hope that it was just Chris Paul's hammy that slowed you guys up and just go back at Golden State again? Or do you try to land PG-13? I think LeBron's obviously a no-brainer if you could somehow pull that off and keep the core. But without making any drastic moves, how do you feel about that? Should they press reset or do they – do they, should they try to go add a piece? Um, I I say you go add a piece, obviously, especially with the caliber names that we're seeing, um, you know, as potential candidates there. But there, you know, there was guys that I was saying, man, you you get rid of Eric Gordon, but then he he had these glimpses where you're like, man, maybe you you're keeping him guy. around, yeah, yeah. you know, um, Trevor Ariza, you know, every team needs a Trevor Ariza. He was so bad, right? Ryan and, Anderson, yeah. though, like these these are the guys who just fit well with this team. Um, you know, three and D, just that 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 entire you know offensive mentality. But you know, you do what it takes at the end of the day to get LeBron to get PG. I think you know, regardless, they're in the Western Conference Finals again. And if, if shit goes their way, you know, they could win the West next year. Absolutely. I think if a situation comes up where you can add something and it doesn't crazy mess up, like. You know, the whole rocket vision and the whole chemistry of the squad. Because that team has chemistry. They like playing together. Everyone knows their role. Mike D'Antoni's got those boys rolling. I don't know how much tinkering you do. Because they had a legitimate shot if Chris Paul doesn't go down to beat those boys. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Obviously, that's way down the road. But free agency's coming up. And that's going to be a forefront because Daryl Morey can just sit back and hit reset and be like, let's just go get him next year. We got the pieces. I'll make sure we sign Chris Paul. I'll make sure we sign Capella. I'll make sure those guys stay. Capella's about to eat too, man. Yeah, he is, bro. Big time. Big, big time. He deserves it, though, man. He's good. 100% that same situation with, like, DeAndre Jordan. He probably won't deserve all that money, but he's in such a good situation and he plays so well. In right, he's the doing. last of a dying breed. You, you, it, you know. Well, he's just he's out there running around with two guys that can get him the ball. In right, the perfect, perfect situation. He and owes he, those guys so much. Damn, <laughs> you know, he he should buy them each Rolls Royces. You know, <laughs> CP and Harden both. And he runs the floor as we know, but he can play D too. Yeah, like great rim can, protector. He's a great rim protector, but and he can he can go out and stick. Guns. Oh yeah, for sure. So that that's I think is a is a huge huge piece that where he's not stuck on the defensive end. Like he's he he can, he can be on the floor and play D. But there's guys like Ryan Anderson that can't he they can't put him on the floor against the Warriors because they're eating him alive. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like Kyle Korver. That's kind of like why he's only playing 15, 16 minutes because he's just getting destroyed on the defensive yeah. end, right? So that's why Capella's also big because he can kind of get out there on the perimeter and he's not he's not getting murdered every possession. You know what I'm saying? Right. So we'll see what Daryl Morey does. Game three tonight in Cleveland. I'm excited to watch it. Well, give me a score prediction. 126 120 
Cleveland. Yeah. I think it'll be high scoring. Cleveland's gonna have to score. I think they will. I got a Golden State kind of lazy game here. Give me, give me. 126. Give me 103, 116 Cleveland. Okay. LeBron going crazy. Yeah, 126, 120 is high. That is pretty high, man. Yeah, that's, but it's possible. That's really high. I, but I see. I went to the finals game last year where they went nuts in game four. They scored like 70 points in the first half. So, it's, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game because I just because I think they're going to have to score. So, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, man. No catch-up Chicago. For Chicago, fi- by Chicago. Game three, NBA Finals preview. T, the vault president in the <laughs> building. Go check out that page, man. Vintage Hoops Vault on Instagram. He's got a ton of heat for y'all. Make sure you follow us as well on Instagram at No Catch Up Chicago. If you enjoyed the show, give us a five-star review, man. We're putting the final touches on the No Catch Up studio. We got some heat coming for y'all. Lock in. Stay tuned. Hey, man, go Cavs. Go get them, Bronny. <laughs> Come on.